0: I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave.
2: Welcome to HopeNet Radio. We're excited to be with you tonight. We've got some very exciting things we want you to hear. So, uh, pull up a chair, sit right next to the radio, turn it up so you can hear it just perfectly... And uh, join in on the conversation. I want to read some scripture before we start tonight. It comes from Galatians 4. It says this, In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has set the spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father so you are no longer a slave but a son. That's very cool. What do you think of those words? When I read those words, Jeff, what comes to your head?
3: Overall gratitude, and it also helps us to frame this picture. Tonight, we're talking about adoption. This is National Adoption Awareness Month, and um, so tonight on the show, we're going to be sharing some stories. We've got some guests uh, who are relevant to this issue. They've been through an adoption process, one that's had a brother that was adopted, another one that has been adopted. And um, so maybe that affects you directly. If you want to connect with us on the show, we would love to hear from you. Any questions you have, thoughts, ideas, you can email hope at hopenet360.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as well. So this is National Adoption Awareness Month. And so hearing that verse, Dave, it just, it helps for me to realize that, you know, if you're born into a family and you're, you're with your Blood mother, blood father, that rel- that whole relationship, um, someone who is grafted into a family, whether it's through a step family or it's an adoption, there are tensions and there are struggles that sometimes I don't even think about. I've not been adopted myself. Right. I've not gone through that. But it helps me realize that when it comes to the Word of God, Paul says it right there. He lays it out well that every single one of us are adopted into God's family. So we're all in the same playing field.
2: Yeah, We really are. You know, I, we have uh, Todd and Kyle with us. Kyle, were you adopted? Oh,
4: yeah. In the Christ family, yes.
2: Okay, but not in, in the human no, family. I no. no, I was not adopted. No. No. See, as we're talking, there's four people in the studio here, and none of us have really been adopted into a human family. Mm-hmm. But all of us, really, were adopted. And, and, and I think sometimes we just don't think in those terms. And, and so we have to look at the human way that they do it so we can understand really our condition because God uses that term mm-hmm. and the term Abba Father, which is very special. You know, I mean, you can come to God and say, Dad, you know, you're my dad. And, and, and that means something. And I'm telling you, anybody that's listening tonight that doesn't think that they can come to God and say, Dad. You need to get onto the hope line.
3: Yeah, if you need to talk to somebody tonight anytime, you can just log on to our website, HopeNet360.com. Click on the chat with the live coach button, and there's a coach that's waiting to talk to you. Or in the help, in the navigation bar, there's a help button. Just click on that, and that'll take you over to the crisis chat line. There's a live coach waiting to chat with you tonight, and they're there to listen, to encourage you, maybe to help walk with you through some difficult things, to give you some encouragement. So this is a hard time of year. I mean, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. It's not too far away. And um, and sometimes this is really a hard time for people to go through, a lot of anxiety. And we talked about this last week. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of expectations that we have this time of year. Yeah. And if you're already in a place where your expectations have been shattered, um, it can be a very hopeless time for a lot of people. And so we want to talk about it. We also want to give you some encouragement on that along yeah. the way.
2: Now, Todd or Kyle, have you guys ever thought about adoption, what that means? I mean, have you put much thought to it or you just...
3: Well, I thought a little
5: bit about it, but it, it's not like I thought about doing it myself really it was more just like what it means to not have anybody not really be
2: can you even relate to that no i can't yeah i mean if you if you tried at your best moment to pretend that you could feel the pain of, of being all alone in the world at like five years old
4: no i was blessed to have a wonderful family. yeah so it's
2: really hard for you to grasp that kyle yeah. you ever do any thinking about that
4: i have and actually it's funny because i'm right where todd is i i'm blessed to have a family that i Um, that really loves me and that I've never really had that alone feeling so I mean there's never been really a time where I have thought man I'm so alone because I I never really was I always had people there for me which I'm I'm blessed my family has thought about adopting a couple times and it just it just hasn't ever lined up we've had a couple orphans stay at our house at different times and we've we've thought about a couple different things so definitely adoption has been something that I've thought and prayed a lot about it's it's something that's incredible
2: You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you start thinking through the adoption thing, a child that needs adoption has no hope and and no way to make it and no examples in life. Nothing. They're all by themselves. And, and whoever adopts them has a tremendous influence now in the rest of their lives. Those who are, are kind of innocent and they're, they're, they're going to go with the waves of, of whatever happens. I'm beginning to think that maybe we in this country, in the United States of America, Really, need to make a greater effort, especially the younger people are growing up right now that can, that can do this, to make sure that those who are really needy in the world, uh, their needs are met. And, and they're met through maybe easier adoptions or whatever else might take place. Because this is the coolest thing in the world. You two just said that you had grown up and you have felt secure, right? I, I would assume that that's yeah, what I'm hearing definitely. from you. You have yeah. felt secure in your family, you have felt loved in your family. Mm -hmm. It's not that you've always agreed with mom and dad or anything, but you felt loved, you felt wanted in your family. Now you just picture not having any of that.
4: That's terrifying. It's
2: (laughs) yeah. I mean, how do you eat? How do you go do anything in life and and not even have any way to look for it? Now, if, if somebody doesn't step out of their comfort zone and seek you out if somebody doesn't use their power, their authority, their resources to help you, you're five years old, you're on the street, you have nothing. And, and I'm telling you, it seems like it'll go one of two ways for a young child that way. One way is somebody notices that child's need and takes care of it. The other way is somebody notices that child's need and takes advantage of it. You know, I mean, th- those are the two, the two ways that could go. And uh, it, it's satanic and evil when they take advantage of it. For, in other words, they will maybe sell the child or, yeah, we can give you food, but you have to do this for us or whatever that might be. See, that's not adoption. That's abuse. There is no way anywhere in the scriptures ever and no way in life that when you use somebody for your own benefit that that's a good thing. Uh, love is the opposite of that. It's when you notice that there's a need and you respond to it by using your resources and your time to help that other person. So uh, I, I would just like to be able to set it up, you know, Jeff, in a way where people understand that um, yes, this, this adoption thing that we're talking about and the awareness of, of adoptions is extremely important, not only around the world for physical adoption, but also uh, spiritual adoption, that people need to understand their need and that Satan would love to grab them and use them, and God would love to come and adopt them and care for them, and it's really their choice which direction they want to go. And it's really much different, the outcome of those two. If you can think about it, just think the outcome of those two. You, you have a child who gets taken and sold into the sex slave trade. You get a child who's taken by a Christian couple who wants to honor God and, and give that child. Can you imagine the different life? Mm. It's amazing. So we want to encourage our listeners, think about adoption. Think about adopting, actually, if you're a believer, you love the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you, know, you think about adopting in this world so that you can share what you have with another child and change their destiny, change their whole life. And if you're uh, one who is still not adopted by God, uh, we really invite you to investigate that by getting on the Hope Line, by, by allowing us to communicate with you Facebook, Twitter. Just let us know, man, I want to be in that family. I don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, but I would love for God to adopt me. So give us a chance to help you there.
3: Yeah, and this, this it's a very layered issue. In a, in a foster care statistic, over 400,000 kids under 18 that is are looking for adoptive parents they're in foster care right now and so there are there are a lot of things that go into this but just in our own country we we sometimes think that adoption is a worldwide thing that you know if i'm in america i should adopt a child from uganda or maybe from china or some other country and the reality is is there are children that are right outside our back door even in the green bay area there are hundreds of teenagers that are homeless today and some of them are in families that are homeless, but they're also living just living on the streets. And I mean, this is all across our nation. There are, there are kids that really do need to be adopted. And um, so this isn't a, a plea to make you feel guilty for not adopting or whatever. It's just that we want to talk about it. We want to talk and hear about an experience um, that other people have had when it comes to adoption. If, they, if you've been touched by adoption, if you've had a story, a past experience with an adoption, maybe one that happened in your family, maybe one that... You saved up so much money, you went forward with it, and it didn't even happen. There are stories about this as well, where there are people who go to adopt, and if it's from another country, typically, this is where you see that. But the kids that go to be adopted, um, something happens, and it totally just negates it. And it's it's a very sad thing. But adoption, is a, it's a layered issue, but it's also a real issue. And the reality is, is that the gospel shows that we are all adopted into God's family. And that's the exciting thing about it. So we're going to take a quick break here and play some more music. Uh, We're going to come back and we've got a story to share with you. Uh, A young man by the name of James, he's going to share a story about his brother who was adopted. So you're not going to want to go anywhere. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio tonight.
0: Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio tonight in studio. We're talking about adoption, and um, this is the week leading up to National Adoption Day, actually. Next Saturday is National Adoption Day. And this whole month of November is about national adoption awareness. Uh, it's It's a time where we reflect on... The need that many children have, not only around the world, but even in America, that are looking for good homes. And um, so tonight, joining us, Dave, Jeff, uh, Kylan Todd are with us. Uh, we've invited someone to share their story tonight. Tonight in studio, we have James in with us, too, to kind of talk about this. So you can connect with us on Facebook, on Twitter, at HopeNet360, or email us anytime during the show. Or if you're listening to the podcast, at Hope at HopeNet360.com. So anytime you want to connect with us, you have a question, you have a thought, an idea, maybe you have an experience about an adoption and uh, you'd like to share that with us. We would love to hear your story and read that on air too. So we're going into the Thanksgiving season, Dave, and this is a time where there are things that we look for in life that we hopefully can reflect on and find things we're thankful for in life.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the greatest things we can ever be thankful for are the relationships in our lives that have actually helped mold us and make us and and care for us. And and each of us in our lives uh, have spent time where we were extremely needy, extremely. When you're born, you can't do anything. I mean, you need help with everything. And there have been people who have stepped up and really cared for us. And I tell you, the picture of adoption and and the idea of adoption is so incredibly big and so incredibly important in the Scriptures um, that I hope that— uh, the people that are listening today will, will, will really realize how special adoption is. In fact, I've talked to, to my wife about this. If we could do life all over, we would have adopted kids, I believe. Uh, I think I should have done that. And uh, we didn't. I think I'm at the age where I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that uh, if I could do everything all over again, uh, I would have done that. I think that was a mistake.
3: Wow. So joining us in studio tonight is James. And I want to welcome you, James, on the show tonight. Thank you for being here.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, no problem.
3: (laughs) Now, James, you have a story about adoption in your family. And talk to us a little bit about the adoption that you've experienced in your family and how it's directly impacted you.
1: Well, uh, we adopted my brother from Russia about five years ago. And uh, he was about 10 years old, so he's 15 now. And uh, the year previous to adopting him, he was able to come up for about, uh, I think it was almost two weeks. And, uh, it was just kind of like a trial period. I mean, like just see how it went. And, uh, my mom was really enjoying it. She looked, she liked it a lot. And, um, the group of the other people that we were adopting with really liked it too. So, uh, we went ahead with the adoption and for the next year we were raising funds and, uh, and it was, it was very expensive, but we could see God's hand out throughout the whole thing. I mean, there's no way we could have done it without him. So, The year after, you know, raising the funds and stuff, we, my mom and dad went over to Russia and picked him up and, uh, and you know, there was a lot going on. There's so much government intervention and it's just crazy. I mean, as of now, you can't even adopt from there anymore. Yep.
3: So, so how long start to finish was the process of just the adoption part of it?
1: It was, it was about a year. Okay. Maybe a little bit over. Was
2: that frustrating how long it took?
1: No, actually a lot of people have to wait four and five
2: years yeah. or more. I, I was thinking you know, it's interesting because that's perspective then for you. So, so that year didn't seem too bad because I, I know we have a friend going uh, actually this Saturday to Africa to pick up his little girl mm. and they have been waiting forever. And finally things started to, to move. And then we had that government shut down for a while and, yeah. and that delayed it even more. It was like, are you kidding me? Mm. Um, but it, it was an extremely long process with sometimes very little information on and, and what was going on. So it, it is a bit of a grueling experience sometimes.
4: Why does it take so long? Like what like what is any of the process? Like what does that have to do? What is the process, Dan? So I mean, what do
2: you have to do? What, what Why can't you just r- go to Russia, find somebody that's in an orphanage, and say we want to adopt them and take them
1: home? I think the biggest part is uh, money. Uh, the government, it, the foreign governments, they really like to make a lot of money off of this, and our government likes to make a lot of money off of it. So there's a lot of loopholes to, to go through, and each loophole costs thousands of dollars. And, um, you know, when you go over there, a lot of countries don't like you adopting from their country because of their sovereignty and, and, uh, they just, they don't like their kids going to another country. So they kind
2: of throw their sovereignty around a little bit, like th- this is our person and, and you're basically taking them from us. Kind of oh, oh, yeah. Did you yeah. feel that way? When, when...
1: Um, not so much. Be- I mean, for us, it was, it was strangely easy. Okay. Strangely.
2: Easy. Even though it took you over a year to do that. It, it, yeah. That I mean, thing.
1: in comparison with the difficulties that a lot of people go through, um, we, we had it pretty good. You used
2: the word strangely. Was it strangely expensive?
1: It was about fifty-seven. I think, $57,000. Wow. Yeah. See, now, that's now,
2: a lot. Now, that's, that's very interesting to me because, again, there's such a need for it. And, and there will be people that probably would love to adopt. Mm-hmm. But $57,000 to adopt somebody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a huge expense to just start with.
4: Yeah, that's not go- That's not even talking about the expense that
3: you'll have. Actually, the rest of the life. It. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that,
2: that's not there. But just the fifty-seven thousand to come up with. And,
3: I would, I'd be willing to guess that your parents probably didn't make this decision based on the dollar amount. No, no.
1: We, my mom, felt that it was the right thing to do. She, she had like you know this inner desire to adopt and take care of um, you know another child that was you know in need. so,
2: so, so your parents actually saw somebody else that was needy. Yeah, and said we'll meet the need. Yes, and 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 the church got together. I hope they raised funds to help that at all. I mean, other Christian people pitch in a little bit. And, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. See, I mean that's that's how the body works. And what's very interesting it, there is it, when you're all finished, the story is so much like how God treats us. I mean, He had the resources, He saw the need, He met the need. It took a while. I mean, you know, it takes patience. All that kind of stuff. There is so many parallels in adoption. I just love teaching adoption in the scriptures because it parallels so much in life that, that you are talking about. I've yet to see a family say, "Well, we're going to adopt because you know we're in it for ourselves." Uh, it, it's got to be for the child that comes. I can't find any other motive that works. Mm-hmm.
3: So, James, how was that for you? Like, you know, when your parents started talking about adopting, what were your first? I mean, what was your first reaction to that?
1: My first reaction was uh, no. I didn't want to do it.
3: Do you have other siblings?
1: Yeah, I have four other siblings. I have two older sisters and a younger sister.
3: So that would have that would have created a whole nother... I mean, I grew up with three other siblings in my family, and sometimes that was just hard enough to survive with just them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, I was the only son, so to add another brother into the mix would have... it. Well, it did throw things... It threw things off quite a bit. How so? Well, I don't know. My dad looked at me as the only boy, so I was treated a little bit differently. And then to have, you know, another boy in the mix, it was just, it was strange, but it didn't throw things off in like, you know, like having another brother because it was just, it was a different type of experience because, you know, he wasn't quite treated like, you know, the rest of the siblings were just on account of him being adopted. Hmm. So, I mean, in that
3: way. So did you have, did you have more responsibilities than he did or how did it, I mean, how did it change the dynamics when, so when your brother finally came to America and, and all of that, how did that change things for you?
1: Well, the the family became a lot more wrapped around Michael and my, that's my brother's name. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was kind of hard for the rest of us because, you know, we had to take, uh, we had to take a cut, I guess, in the attention we got from the parents and stuff because they had to focus on almost rebuilding him from childhood. Mm -hmm. So...
4: Were you expecting that? Like, was that something expected, like, when you were going through, like, the process of adoption? Like, were you expecting to lose some of that attention, or was that kind of a surprise?
1: I was expecting to lose some of it, but not quite to the extent that that it did. Mm-hmm. It was a lot.
2: Is that kind of like, uh, you know, somebody comes into a church youth group or something, and and uh, they're new, and they have needs, and, and those that are in the group kind of get ignored a little bit? Is, is that how you felt? Did you feel like you ignored it all ever?
1: Um, Yes. Yeah.
2: And and that's not bad. I mean, it's just normal probably, but it's, it's, was it really legitimate or, or, or was that self-centeredness on your part or was it, or was it something that was really happening that needed to be corrected? You think
1: it was something that was really happening. I mean, he, he had a lot of very strong needs that needed to be addressed. And for the rest of us, we, we, our, our needs were, were less. I mean, we grew up in a nice Christian family, right. so so we had a good grounding, but he didn't. So mm. he needed that.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and chat with James a little bit more and talk more about his experience. So, again, connect with us anytime during the show, hope at hopenet360.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and we'd love to answer your questions and hear your comments and feedback. So uh, we're going to take a break and play some music. Keep it right here on Hopenet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens
0: in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90 FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Welcome back to Hope Net Radio. Tonight, connect with us during the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Or on Facebook and Twitter as well. Tag us at HopeNet360 on either one of those. So tonight we're talking about adoption. This is National Adoption Awareness Month, and this coming Saturday is National Awareness Day. And uh, so that's that's our conversation tonight. And we're hearing some different stories. Joining us in studio is James with us. James, we were talking about some of your story, and it's it's cool to hear this other part of it because sometimes. From my vantage point, I've not been directly impacted by adoption. I've not been adopted I've not had a brother or sister that was adopted my family didn't look at adoption so there are a lot of things that sometimes I look at it naively and and think you know wow it's such a really good feel good story you've got a, a kid um, a child whether they're you know preteen adolescent or a child um, various age under eighteen and they need a good home to go to and oftentimes you'll find that there's a lot of kids that don't have great families and some that are maybe living in an orphanage or in the foster care system and they don't have a stable place to live. And so someone who's willing to adopt, it seems like, oh, it's such a great story. You've got a good family who's, you know, they go through the whole process and then it's happily ever after kind of a thing. And, uh, and tonight we're hearing from you, there's a different side of it. It's not necessarily a negative side of it, but it's not as, it's not as clean cut as maybe it looks from just that process. And so, so your brother is from Russia and he's now 15. He was 10 at the time. And, uh, so you're sharing some of the difficulties there. It's obviously it's a financial burden and I don't think anybody ever adopts a a son or a daughter because of the price tag that's on them. Um, that's really foolish to look at. This is a life and it's a real person. So the process he's over in America now, he's in your family. What difficulties were there initially or early on, um, in your brother that really were hard to navigate for your family?
1: Well, uh, originally, I mean, this is still back in Russia. They were over in Russia for about a month, and uh, they did have my brother, you know, for a period of that time, and immediately you could tell disobedience was huge. I mean, he was making up stories like uh, he was allergic to cheese, which is not true, and uh, you know, he's making up excuses to not eat, like, broccoli and stuff like that, and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. He didn't want to go in the bathtub, he didn't want to clean himself. It was it, a lot of stuff like that. It was just crazy. I mean. So was he still with his
3: biological family over in Russia? No.
1: His dad was nowhere to be found, and his mom had died when he was about four. Wow.
2: So he was, was he in an orphanage then?
1: He was. He stayed After his mom died, he stayed with his uh, family for a little while, his grandma and some others. And I think he was in the orphanage for about a year. I'm not sure on that yeah.
2: date. Does that make a case for us trying to adopt earlier? So that some of the habits and some of the things that are going on in their life can be molded a little bit.
1: Oh, definitely. uh,
2: Is that, not, not that we should not consider 10 year olds, obviously. I I think they have a need. We need to help meet those needs. And what's really interesting is that uh, your family did something that obviously wasn't really about them. It was about helping somebody else. Right. Costly, but it was still about helping somebody else.
1: Yeah, it, it. The older the child is, I mean there's like a window of opportunity once they're over eighteen it's it's almost over. Whatever habits they have are almost solidified right. and the window of opportunity the closer you get to the eighteen mark, the harder it is. Yeah.
3: so what were some of the the biggest successes? I mean that's do you still have some of the same issues or or have things gotten better in the last five years?
1: They've gotten better, but a lot of the same issues that they their root issues with his with his character really. Th- they're still the same. But uh, one of the biggest successes we had was when he came over, he had arthritis in all his major joints, especially his knees. So he couldn't really walk. Mm. And we worked that out of him. So, um, you know, with a lot of exercise and some medication, which also cost a lot. But thankfully, mm. insurance was able to cover a lot of it. So we were able to get over the uh, arthritis. Yeah. Wow. Did you
2: ever feel guilty? I mean, uh, you said that at times you felt like you might have been neglected. That kind of thing. Did that... Make you feel guilty that you were feeling, like, neglected when you were trying to help somebody else?
1: Um, not not so much guilty. It was mostly just, like, um, you know, like, I knew I could take it because, you know, I was a little older at the time. So, you know, I, I already had a lot of experience with my parents. So, you know, I knew I could take it. I mean, I, I felt kind of bad for my younger sibling because... Okay you know, for her, it was a lot harder.
2: Yeah. Did you, did you have people um, you could talk to other than your family about what was going on and be able to just kind of be honest and share or or were you kind of isolated?
1: Um, It was more isolated actually, because a lot of people have no idea what it's like. And I mean, it's very difficult. It's a very hard time. A lot of people think that, you know, our family really hates my brother. Hmm. And in reality, that's not the case at all. I mean, uh, it's hard to say you love someone who is almost an enemy in your household, but a lot of people don't understand that he, how much structure he needs and right. how much strictness he needs it, yeah. it's it's crazy
2: and what the Bible says is that you can i mean you can choose to love and and love isn't necessarily accommodating wrong right, right. it's it's loving somebody enough to step in their life and and do what you need to do to make it better uh, I guess I was just asking because as we talk to an audience here, I would bet you that there's people that are um, listening that have friends who are adopting or friends who have adopted, and maybe they need to sit and just let them open up and talk to them and and, and get into their life a little bit and help them sort some of this out and and be a good friend. And I guess that's what I was asking. If that would be important or if that's what you had or not have, it's always good to have somebody there you can share your burdens with.
3: Now, James, I understand that you were I mean you were homeschooled growing up, is that correct, yeah, yeah, so your relationship with your parents were probably pretty close, yeah up. yeah, it was so how did they how did they help you understand what was all happening, or did they what did they do, whether through the process or when these difficulties were going on that um just kind of reaffirmed maybe more of like your sonship, but how did how did they um how did they communicate you know the struggles, the tensions that were going on, but kind of bring some balance and stability in these times?
1: A lot of it, I had to work through myself because, um, for them, it was, it's a huge struggle, you know, knowing how strict to be, knowing how to handle situations. Cause for them, it was just as new as it was for me. So for them, I mean, trying to be strong parents to the rest of us kids and also, you know, a good, you know, substitute parent for my brother, it was, it was very difficult. So a lot of the stuff I had to, you know, learn how to work through and, um, and, you know take take the rest to God and uh, and just work through it I guess
3: were there times where you just felt like you wish this hadn't even happened there were times and but, how did you how did you work through that
1: well then I had to look at the whole process we had to go through to actually get him and if you even glimpse at that process you know that God's hand was all in it so then you know that you know what it's not about me it's not even about my brother it's about giving God to glory
2: are you a better person do you think because you went through this process
1: yeah I do because I mean I parallel Michael almost to like the Israelites I mean they constantly rebelled they constantly turned away from God and you know Michael's constantly causing trouble and yet I constantly have to you know look at him in a different light and you know offer forgiveness and uh, be there
2: see that's interesting again God your father who adopted you
1: right right you know, and, and,
2: and he's working at making you the best you can be too. And and he'll use that situation, which is very interesting. When you look back on it and you give yourself just a little little space and perspective as you get older, you'll probably look at these moments as tremendously valuable to your own growth process, I'll bet.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were huge.
3: So how would you, what would you say is the best, what's been the best thing through this whole process for you? I mean. What things really stand out that are really – have been really a blessing for you?
1: Probably just the, the experience. And uh, now I'm able to relate to a whole new group of people. I mean the people that go through this type of thing love to meet other people who have also gone through it because they can just relate whereas a lot of other people can't. So now I'm just, I'm just really thankful that I'm able to relate to a whole new group of people.
2: A million-dollar question. Would you ever consider adoption yourself?
1: I've thought about it, and uh, if the opportunity presented itself, I I really don't know at this point.
2: Okay, that's honest. I I just wondered.
3: That's cool, and that's a that's probably a good spot to just leave this, and we could go on for for hours. But I I want to thank you, James, for taking time and sharing your story tonight because this is such a I think it's such a valuable thing that we understand and not take lightly. You know, we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus and what He's done for us, and. And the painful process, there's really pain that goes through an adoption process. It's not just a happily ever after story. It's, it's really a challenge. So thank you so much for sharing your story on the show tonight.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for letting me.
3: All right, we're going to take a break. And uh, in the second half, we're going to talk to another young man um, who's been through some of this process as well. So uh, looking forward to this. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares. We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's Hope Net Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, hear the host of Hope Net Radio,
3: Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight, we're talking about adoption on the show. Connect with us during the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email. Also, connect on Facebook and Twitter. I am pumped, Dave. We just got done talking with James, and there's some really good points that he brought up and and things that he brought to light on what adoption is really like. Sometimes we get the perception that adoption is kind of a clean-cut thing. It's Now you have a, a son or a daughter who was looking for a family and now has a family, and it's a happily ever after story. And while some of that is really true, I mean, a life has really been changed forever from that moment on. It's not always easy to go through, and, and the changes that come with that are bigger than sometimes what we realize. And personally, I'm a little bit naive to it. I haven't been through that. Yeah. But thankfully, today we've got a, a guest. Uh, Sam is with us. He's been directly impacted by the adoption process. And uh, so, Sam, I want to welcome you to HomeNet Radio tonight. Hey, thank you. <laughs> so, Sam, tell us, what's your what's your experience with adoption? What's your story?
6: Yeah, I'm adopted South Korean. Uh, I have an older brother. We are not biologically uh, related, but he's two years older. He's 27 now and 25. We were both adopted from South Korea, probably like seven, eight months old. My parents have, had moved around quite a bit. Before they adopted us, my mom couldn't have kids. And so they just desired to adopt, and that was just their, their chance to to have a family. So, um, you know, that was the late 80s. All the nationalities that are here in America, even to now, like, it's a lot more now. So I always wondered, like, growing up, why people just remembered us. It's like, oh, those are, those are the Ralph and Sue's kids. <laughs> like, how do they <laughs> remember it? Mom and Dad? and uh, they're like, well, you guys, you know, it looked a little different. It wasn't, you know, like, they were hiding anything, but it was interesting. Uh, you know, my parents were saved and Christians before they adopted us, and for my mom, it's it's kind of awesome because, like, we are we were always her boys, you know. Like, nothing has ever, like, we've never doubted their love for us, uh, which is just a phenomenal thing. There were things that I was, I thought that, like, man, I'm different. I grew up, and am like, well, I'm that Asian guy, you know, I'm <laughs> different than everybody else, and yeah. I'm not that corporate either. And racial stuff never was, you know, never a big deal. My brother went to public school for a year, and they picked on him quite a bit for looking different. I was homeschooled all the way through, mm. and I just felt different, even being in good churches and good Christian friends growing up. You know, it was weird, because I created a side effect of being looking different, but not being different. My friends, and uh, even you, Jeff, you, you guys are like, you know, you're just the same, Sam, and God loves you the same, he has a calling for you. And I think that's something that I didn't even realize till maybe even into my twenties.
2: So you put the barriers up yourself, you think? I mean, so Jeff was <laughs> Jeff, and those guys were were your friends, but you had something in your head that made you feel like uh, what they were just being sorry for you, or they just
6: yeah, I, I really feel like it was uh, my own personal uh, perspective. It really wasn't, and people good people that I knew just said, you're not any different, like, even though you might be adopted and you might sort of look different from another country, we don't perceive you as being different or you're not white like us or, you know, nothing, racial. It was like, you're accepted, not only by us, but family of God, you're different than are. You're, you're equal. And this is something I really didn't see for a while, even though I'm like, yeah, sure, of course, duh. <laughs> it's like, I assumed that yeah, everyone says it. I, I kind of had a, a God moment last year about just reaffirming my calling in ministry. Even for me, of Jeremiah 29:11, uh, of having a plan, a future, a hope, and and not to harm me that that plan of God. And and it's almost like I heard God just speak that in my heart. And it almost took God to do that. It wasn't like people were saying that. I'm sure I acknowledged it, but I almost I needed God to to just tell me that. It wasn't you know like I'm proud saying that, but. Something in my heart, I just didn't quite grasp and believe for myself, mm-hmm. and for God to just go, man, you know, I've been cheering you on. I don't see you as different. I have a plan for you, and the plan was for you to be adopted.
3: What's been the uh, What's been the weirdest experience that you've had from you know being adopted, and whether it's from your family and the situation your family was in, or maybe somebody asked you the wrong question? What was?
6: Um, I think you know, interesting thing is going on mission trips and like being dark-skinned, being of Asian birth, going to Mexico and, and Nicaragua and Costa Rica, uh, working with Hispanics on a farm that they kind of see me as someone that they could attach to here. Mm-hmm. And where I was interning, my pastoral internship in Abbotsford, there's many Hispanics in that town. And it gave me a glimpse because when people saw me, they would kind of look like, oh, you're one of those. They would group me in with dark skin, probably Hispanic and not know the difference, not even, know me. and even working on the farm, a few of the white white Americans would kind of look at me like, oh, how your English is very good, and I uh, <laughs> think that I was
7: a worker or something. Do they speak
2: but, loud to you when they when they talk?
7: <laughs> Sometimes
2: Hi, I'm Dave.
7: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that uh, I grew up in Chicago, uh, played sports in Chicago, and really i think there was every ethnicity in the world on our teams and um yeah. and when you're in sports you don't see color or you don't see that at least i didn't and and most of us didn't so i'm wondering here too how much of it is just uh, on both parts you know I, if you were on our team i honestly wouldn't have seen um what uh, ethnic background you were but you're thinking about it and so you think i'm thinking about it but but i probably wasn't actually and, and I'm not saying that's true for everybody. That's probably not true for everybody. But it's very interesting that it could be both ends. And and the thing I'm hearing from you is, as a guy that grew up with a, a you know, I, I wasn't adopted. I'm I'm white. I, I'm in America. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. I really need to be sensitive to some of the stuff that you're going through because I'm not thinking of that very much. I, I'm not thinking of it at all, actually, when I see you. And um, and somehow yeah. to affirm uh, you and your uh, being a part of the body of Christ and being a part of a team and being, it would be very important. And I probably would have missed that when I was growing up because I, I wouldn't have done anything out of the ordinary. I just would have treated you like everybody else. And, and, and that's probably what you wanted. But at the same point you needed somehow some kind of affirmation, I believe. And, and I think our listeners need to hear that. That's important. Yeah.
6: That is so key. And it's something that I said, I made it, made it a side effect. It wasn't other people doing that. And in the culture and in the movies, you know, obviously it's like, Oh, well, there's an Asian guy, you know, and he must mm-hmm. like egg rolls and rice and you know, it's kind of a joke. And, <laughs> oh, no. joke. and,
2: and be <laughs> smart and be very smart.
6: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, smart, you know, good yeah. looking, hopefully. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Um so it's kind of fun. Like some of my friends I used I started getting like introduced like, to like as Asian. You know, that was kind of my thing and working with Hispanics it's you know, he spoke some Spanish, so it's like the Mexicasian. Um <laughs> but <laughs> But um, you know, it's like it, it's definitely something that I I knew personally that I needed to overcome and I just kept struggling with it. Even though I wouldn't admit it or I didn't even realize it. Good Christian people that said, "Sam, you're you're okay," and they had to keep reminding me of that. One of the most awesome things was I I got to meet on the Fourth of July celebration. He just looked at me. He had a little. A beautiful little Chinese girl that he adopted, uh, and he just looked at me and said, "How can I best parent her uh, as as a father?" Hmm. And uh, you know, that's a privilege for me to. You know, no one had asked that before, and him to ask me, uh, kind of a man-to-man thing, and and just knowing that my parents never hesitated to love us and never hesitated to commit both my brothers to God, and my parents just said, "You know." We prayed and said when it came off the plane, when you could go to the gate and wait in the airport, they, that was the first time they saw us was coming off the plane,
7: hmm. uh,
6: being held by a Korean lady. And the little gift package, they were, we were handed off right there at the gate airport, I believe Minneapolis. Wow. And these, these are God's kids, and we get them for a while. We're going to do the best, and parents the best, love them as best we can, like Christ and hope they choose God. And
2: How has that affected your understanding of God's adoption of you?
6: You know, it kind of, like, I learned more as I got older, the idea of being adopted in the family of God and being adopted by Christian parents. It was just, like, it made more and more sense, and I'm like, man, I get that a little more. Like, being adopted, being Gentile not Jewish and and everything, but uh, being adopted literally, physically, knowing my God loves me so much. That he gave his son for me to die. And, and you know, it's like, okay, my parents sacrificed time and, and money and adopted me out of love. It was a God thing.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of uh, strange in a way, but as a, a, a man who grew up, you know, with mom and dad, my bi- biological mom and dad, and I look at uh, someone like yourself and I think, how special. I mean, all your life, you knew that you were wanted and chosen and, and taken by people who want to give you life and and show you God, and I think, wow, how special is that? You know, and, and I know yeah. that it's perspective in a lot of I had that, too. I mean, yeah. my parents wanted me and that kind of thing, but, yeah. but there was something different about those who were adopted. It was like, you're lucky. <laughs> you get to know for sure that these parents just really wanted you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I don't know that you ever thought about that, but actually when I was growing up, I, I thought about that. I thought, well, my parents kind of got stuck with me, whether they like me or not kind of thing. Your parents didn't get stuck with you. They actually wanted you and, and got you. Yeah. So I, I think that's very cool. I, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it was kind of what I thought about when I was a kid.
6: Yeah. it's like beyond just being like, well, here's our kid. You know, of course we will love our child, you know, as a parent, but like, yeah, being chosen and, and everything I've, I've heard from parents that, you know, it's more complicated, more expensive, more time consuming to adopt now. And it's like, it's funny because I'll just smile and say I-, I love adoption. You know, they kind of look at me like, "Oh yeah," you know, Sam's adopted. And um, I, I love meeting parents that are going through the process. Even some I've met that are have kids of their own and still want to adopt. And to me, that like just touches my heart. Like, man, I'm like, I'm like rock on. It's awesome. Like to me, to to do that, it's just an amazing thing. Do you think that but, someday
2: you'll adopt?
6: Uh, you know, it's in my heart too. To me, I, I really am like, I hope this girl wants to adopt a, a child because I really want to. I think it would
7: be an amazing thing to do, for sure.
2: And I would bet that you would be an amazing adoptive parent because of uh, the experience that you've already had. And I, I guess as an old guy and not even meeting you before, I'm saying, man, I hope you do. I, I hope that someday you adopt a child and and really use the lessons you've learned uh, in life. And I think you'd be a, probably a wonderful father.
3: Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Well, Sam, uh, we got to take a break. It's, just, it's cool to hear your story. So thank you, Sam, for being a part of the show tonight.
6: I appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Cool. All right, we're going to take a break and play some more music. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio tonight.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at
3: hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. We're glad that you've joined us tonight. Email us anytime during the show, hope at hopenet360.com. If you're listening on podcast, you can do the same thing and we'll get your email and we'd love to respond to you, answer any questions you have. Tonight, our topic is on adoption. And um, we've been talking to... Uh, some people who have been impacted by adoption. And uh, joining us, Dave and I in studio uh, via phone, is another Dave. We're going to welcome Dave to our show. And and he's got a story about adoption from another perspective. And uh, so, Dave, I want to welcome you to HopeNet Radio tonight.
7: Thank you very much.
3: So, Dave, DW tells me uh, that you and your family are in the process of an adoption yourself uh, in adopting, uh, a young person. And, uh, so just share with us a little bit about your story, kind of go back to the beginning of when you and your wife and, uh, and the family had decided to go forward with this and, and, uh, what prompted you to do that? And then the process and to what's brought you to this weekend, coming to this weekend, it's a big point in your family. So. Well
8: that's a, that's a, that's a, a short question, but there's a long answer. So if I go too long, <laughs> just, sure. just cut me off. Um, for, for our family, it started uh, when I first got married uh, to my wife, Tracy, who uh, honestly was watching a, some kind of a TV special and saw some uh, children in Romania who were in orphanages and just really, it touched her heart. And I remember when, you know, not being married too long, her saying, you know, one day I'd really like to adopt. And, you know, time passed. Time passed for our family. We had uh, a son. We had another son. We had a daughter and a son. And to really be honest, that was kind of a, at least a thought in my mind or something that she had talked about that, that faded away. Uh, and then about, you know, two and a half years ago, she brought the topic up again. And I, I can't remember what really kind of brought that resurgence up. I, it might have been maybe just her talking, I think, with some of her friends. And she said, you know, I really still want to adopt a child. And, you know, she started, you know, as, you know, as with the information that's available today, started going crazy on the Internet. Doing tons of research, what did it look like, and I would be honest to say i was I was very um, at the i don't want to say skeptical, but just you know i wasn't really fully on board mm-hmm. just you know I had four children felt pretty pretty happy for the fact that I had four, but it got to a point where I knew that my wife's heart and I thought, okay God, you know is this something you want us to do, but I needed more information, so we went to the meeting in I believe it was in Weston we went to I believe it was Lutheran social services and they really gave us a great overview on kind of what, what did adoption look like? So I would, I think one advice I'd like to give anybody who's even considering it is get information because you might think adoption is a certain thing. You might, you know, there's different ideas we have probably because of movies we've watched or mm-hmm. you know, different people talking in different ways. But when you really get the facts, it helps you begin to just evaluate what does this look like? And that, and that helped. It gave a great perspective and just really kind of helps me to begin to understand, but even at that point, I would say that I wasn't necessarily fully uh, on the bus, but uh, I have a hundred dollar story. I think one thing just spiritually in my lifetime that has been a kind of a struggle on and off is just you know trusting God to provide financially and my daughter, who has been on a swim team for several years now had they had a raffle where you buy tickets. Know, to kind of help the swim team with, you know, financially. And then they were giving away prizes and the top prize was like a thousand dollars, but the tickets were pretty expensive. They were like $50 a ticket. And long story short, my wife had to buy one and which totally stunned me because I'm like, that's a lot of money, $50 and I kind of put God in the box. And this is what, you know, Dave Cooper did wrong. I said, okay, God, if we win a $1,000, I know you want us to adopt this child. You know, I want and know that you want us to go forward, but then the Lord really convicted me and I, this day The day that she had done it, the next day when I knew they were doing the raffle, I, I said, okay, God, you know, I just need something. I need something to know. Because adoption, one thing about adoption, that is the truth is that, especially internationally, it is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It does cost a lot of money. And it's not to, you know, dissuade anybody from doing it, but it's something to keep in perspective that it, it does cost. You know, there is a significant amount of cost to it. And I just wanted to know that, well, sure enough, I came home and my wife and family, we were kind of in the living room and they had a bathroom right around the corner. And I went to that bathroom and I just got on the knees and just really prayed to God and said, Okay, God, I, I just need to something. I just need something so I know that you have us in this. And got out of the bathroom and my wife said, Hey, I just want to let you know we want $100. And I, you know, I hadn't even said anything. And then I honestly, I left my wife went right back in the bathroom, got on my knees again and said, Thank you. So <laughs> for me, that started me on the journey. And God has, and just so everybody knows this, is that God has. Every step of the way, it hasn't been the way we thought it would look. God has shown that He'll take care of us. You know, every bill that we've had and we've needed to pay, it's been paid for. You know, my wife did a couple different rummage sales, and one of the bills, truthfully, we had to pay was $980. Uh, when we finished a rummage sale, we had $985.
3: Wow. You
8: know, those are the kind of telltale signs that God says, "You know what? I got you." you know, someone's not going to necessarily just drop, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars and, you know, just say, go do this. But it also, I think, that teaches us, you know, when when something like that happens, you know, I think God also is trying to shape our faith, you know, and for me, it helps shape my faith to say, okay, once again, God, you know, you are showing that you are in control, and that when we're being obedient and we're following what you want us to do, that you will take us, and you'll take good care of us, and we just need to be faithful. So, So we did start on that process, and as my wife would like to say, it was the paperwork pregnancy. There's a lot, wow. a great amount of paperwork that has to go into it. You have to get a lot of things, you know, sealed and certified and all these great things. And they have to be worded a certain way and written up a certain way. And if, you know, certain people don't do paperwork a certain way, you have to give it back to them. And, and it can cause a lot of frustrations on both ends, you know, from the people you're trying to get them to help you with and yourself. And you have to get physicals. and
2: It's longer than nine months, too.
8: Yeah, it's longer than nine months. We when we originally started this process, it was supposed to be between twelve and eighteen months, that's was the thought. And you know, now we're we're over two years now. They are actually now telling people if they were going to adopt from Ethiopia, uh, it could be anywhere from three years and on now. Wow. And and I think even for the country of Ethiopia, there's there's probably a different lot of things, but they are actually getting better at making sure that you know, the children are being taken care of in homes and that the process, I should say, goes better. Yeah, We have all our paperwork done and we've been waiting and waiting. And that sometimes that can be hard. I think the the hardest part as a dad, at least from my perspective, was to be praying for, because when we did put our paperwork and we put in our paperwork for a two to six-year-old little girl, Uh, I have three sons already and I have one daughter and it was just on our heart to, to be able to to bring home a little girl and to, so she would actually have a sister, and of course her brothers would have another sister too, but you don't have something to identify with you don't have a picture you don't have a name, so you know even as we started going through this week we gave her a name ahead of time so when we would you know talk to God, we were like you know we were we were praying for her specifically. my wife and I we went in August uh, we went through about a week's worth of time and we were able to see our daughter her uh, her Ethiopian name is Firwat. so we got to see her and spend some time with her and that was a really interesting experience. I mean, it's when you meet a child for the first time and, and you know, they, it's not like a, a natural born child that you're kind of used to. And they just kind of, this little girl walks up to you and it's like, this is your daughter. It's a very interesting experience. It's almost kind of awkward. because You almost don't know how to react to who she is, but you know, as a dad, I've had some good practice. So I, she loved being held. I gave her, you know, rides on the front of my chest and piggybacks and shoulder rides and all kinds of great things we played. <laughs> you know, we just bonded yep. and it was nice by the end of the week. You know, my wife and I were very thankful and just we you know, and just really got to get to, to know her a little bit more. So this next trip that we are leaving actually tomorrow to finally go bring her home, uh, we have to go to the U.S. Embassy in Ethiopia where they, we have another kind of a court date and eventually we get her her visa and different things like that so we can bring her home. Mm. So we're, we're really excited. I would definitely say my daughter's probably not going to sleep over the next couple of days. Uh, <laughs> And we also think, too, this would be a great time, especially when we bring her home. We get to not only be there with her, but we get to bring her home as a family.
7: Yeah. You know,
8: and and we just, we've been told and kind of witnessed through some other families that at times it's a great bonding experience, again, to kind of just bring her into our family.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, Dave, I I just want to say that um, I love you and and Tracy and your kids, and uh, I'm proud of you. And I, I think that if somebody contacts HopeNet Radio and wants to talk to somebody who has gone through this process, I know you'd be willing to uh, help them or have Tracy talk to them and help them go through the process and encourage them possibly. So if it's okay. We'll, we'll make that available to people and, and, uh, sure. and uh, know that we're praying for you and we love you. And we're so excited that you have taken this seriously uh, as far as meeting the needs of somebody who has a need.
3: Dave, thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing your story on HopeNet Radio. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of people who are also in your shoes. Either they're in the process of it, maybe they're waiting. They're in that that part of God. Give me a sign. Give me. Let me know you're still. Let me know. I like how you put it. Let me know you still got my back. You know, I appreciate you taking some time with us and sharing your story here tonight on HopeNet Radio.
8: Not a problem. Not a problem. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break here on HopeNet Radio and play some music, and we've got more stories coming up. So don't go anywhere. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio tonight.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
3: Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight we've got a we've just been talking about adoption and stories and sharing different perspectives on the show. So we're glad that you are joining us here. DW Jeff Kyle Todd in the, on the show tonight. And um, you can be involved in the show too. Connect with us, share your story or share a testimony, maybe something that you've experienced that relates to adoption or even questions that you have that you would like some answers on. And we'll work on getting the answers for you for that. You can email us anytime on the show or on the podcast, hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet 360 and we would love to hear from you. So, Dave, we've got a, a special guest here, and uh, this is a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Steve, and he's got a story, a little bit different angle, in a way that adoption has really impacted his life. And, uh, and I'm glad to welcome Steve to the HopeNet Radio tonight.
5: Oh, thanks. Glad to be on board.
3: So, Steve, you've, you've had an experience. You've got a story, and uh, would just love to share your story with our listeners tonight of your experience with an adoption in your past.
5: Yeah, I um, uh, I was raised in a religious home, but, <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't a Christian home by any means. And, of course, being part of the 60s and 70s, the uh, pre-love generation, all that other stuff, I was well into that. Uh, and as a result, uh, while in high school, I had uh, in relations with my girlfriend at that time. She became pregnant, and we were faced with a decision then of what to do on that. And this is the whole time that abortions were coming into play. And, of course, we didn't know any better on that. Thank God, to their credit, they chose... They they were not going to do that. They were from a strong Catholic family. And they chose to instead put the baby up for adoption. So uh, a uh, girlfriend went away to a place on the other side of the state where she was... kind of a, a home during the last few months of pregnancy there and she gave birth to the child and i never saw the child but i i did hear back because uh, strangely enough after after this all transpired my girlfriend and i broke up and she ended up going out with one of my best friends whom she eventually married but anyhow, you the baby was born a little girl and i never heard back didn't have a whole lot of contact with her or anyone else after i became a christian i, I actually joined the navy after high school Spent four years in the service, and while I was in the service, I found Christ. And from that point on, I continued to keep my daughter, whom I didn't know, in prayer, you know, that she would one day come to know Christ as well, too. Uh, About 12 years ago, maybe, I got a phone call from my old girlfriend. She was able to find me through my parents and told me that she had met our now grown-up daughter, and our daughter wanted to meet me and asked me if i would be interested hmm. yeah i was all over that uh... you know just dying to meet her it, it caused I, I gotta say it caused some tension to say the least in, in my, my own household here with my current wife uh, uh... she was just very hard to reconcile that whole thing but yeah. I, I had told her about this before we ever got married so uh, but still it, it didn't make it real easy for her but for me i was just real anxious to meet her I, I got to meet her. Um, we've uh, had a growing relationship since then. Found out that she had been raised by a very, very nice couple who had also adopted an, another young man. And the uh, main reason she wanted to get in touch with me initially was because now she was married and she has a child. And she, there were health questions about her background. She didn't know much about my background, health-wise, family history, or anything like that. She still wanted to meet her birth parent too. That curiosity level, yeah.
3: Let's go back to high school. And so, mm-hmm. how old how old were you guys when you were faced with that? Now, what? Now, what do we do?
5: I was seventeen. She was sixteen.
3: Wow. And so, were you at yeah. all part of that decision, or was that?
5: No, actually, I had. I met with the parents. Uh, offered to you know quit school and to get a job to get married and you know to go that route and they they didn't want me to do that they wanted me to keep on in school and and of course at this time by this time actually that, that we realized that uh, she was pregnant um she had already we'd already broken up sure. so uh, it wasn't getting married was not something she was she was even thrilled about the idea either so
2: so what lessons did you learn i mean what now you're looking at it uh, from your age perspective
5: you know, I mean, as as an unbeliever, you know, everything was just, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die, you know. So the greatest lesson I learned is about having Christ in my life. But but still, I, I mean, the foolishness of uh, going into that kind of a relationship, I don't think I, I really thought of the consequences or anything else, what would be happening with all that. The uh, you know the greatest things I'm, I'm grateful for is you know the opportunity to, to meet her again, and uh, it was a real interesting situation because she was very well known in the area that she lived. She's a news anchor in a local TV network, and uh, she also is a lead singer in a kind of a country pop group. I guess one thing I would say is if you do have a child out there, anyone from the 60s or anyone like that who has a child out there somewhere, don't stop praying for them. Just, just keep them in prayer, uh, keep them in your heart. If they want to come back in your life, let them, welcome them, uh, love them. I know that with boys, uh, it's less likely than with girls. I know a pastor friend up here in Green Bay who... uh actually has two adopted children himself, uh, a, young, uh, a girl and a boy. And uh, as the girl grew older, she wanted to find her birth parents as well, just like mine did. Hmm. The son just really didn't have a lot of interest in that. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm thinking as you talk, you must be extremely grateful for the fact that the, the parents of your girlfriend cherished life and chose life. And and, oh, and, and, and and there are some yeah. good things that went on there um, as far as choosing life in the middle of what you might call irresponsibility or whatever else it might be on your part as a young man and, and her part possibly. There, there's something that went right there. People still cherish lives. They made the right decision, even though it was hard. They, I guess I'd be encouraging people who might be going through something similar to back off for a moment and, and look at what would be the right decision and do the right thing if that makes sense.
5: Absolutely. And the other thing, too, is I think it was a, it was a great decision to put the child up for adoption right. uh, through a good organization where the parents had the maturity and the wherewithal to raise that child in a way that she would be well taken care yeah. of. I, I, I would shudder to think what would have happened had me and this my old girlfriend had gotten married. And, uh, and tried to make it on, you know, being a, high, a couple of high school dropouts. And, you know, it, it would have been doomed to begin with. It was the best choice for the child, and, and it really worked out well. She was brought up in a very good family.
2: Yeah, making more mistakes doesn't cure the problem. And uh, once you're exactly. at a point where there's uh, a mistake that's recognized, having the, the courage to do what's right from that point on. And, and, and even you talked about how this was affecting your life later you'd think about it, and et cetera uh, those who just want to get rid of the problem uh, through abortion or something else i say i just don 't want it I, I don't want it around i don't you know what you 're never going to get rid of it anyway it's going to haunt you the rest of your life, mm-hmm. so do what 's yeah. right e- even though things may be wrong do what 's right now mm-hmm. and and see if God doesn't work that out down the road
5: and, and just in regard to my my wife, she had a hard struggle with it at first, but she is really come around 180 on this she's just fully supportive uh she's been just very very loving toward uh toward my daughter and and just uh capital with it all she's just been very very good
3: steve what kind of advice would you give maybe a young girl or a young guy who's out there that's in that in this exact predicament in their life right now
5: that's still going on today
7: (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
5: yeah i know it is i know from uh, our perspective uh i would I would seriously considering putting children up for adoption, you know a lot of times you've got family adoptions where maybe the the parents are adopting the children you know that's that's good too, and that way they kind of stay involved it does put a bit of stress on older parents that way though i mm-hmm. I guess i i if you're dealing with a good Christian organization that screens the adoption parents well. I I don't have any problem with that. I think it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing that people have, uh, you know, people are willing to take in a child from someone else and to raise them as their own in a loving and caring way. I I think that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're you're just a kid, you're not going to be able to take care of that child. You haven't got that maturity, and and you haven't got that financial wherewithal and everything else. You're going to be able to raise them in a way that... You would want them to be raised, and plus, you know, you're you're going to be undercutting the rest of your life by entering into that kind of a situation so so early in life. I mean, a, a good thing is if you could somehow keep t- in touch with the adoptive parents as long as they would allow that, that would be great.
3: Yeah, and sometimes you you're able to have those relationships, and other times, you know, the circumstances and and um, you know the agency doesn't allow it too. So, um, you know, yeah. I. Steve I I really appreciate you sharing your story I know it's 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 probably hard to go back and live through the memories and um and yeah. I just I want people to know that there's still hope even though there's Maybe it been a, a bad choice in the past, or maybe a, a irresponsible choice. That I uh, like what you said, Dave. Not making another mistake after one mistake is already done, and and choosing life is always the right thing to do. And that's going to bring hope, not just for you, but for the the young child who had no choice in the matter. So, you know, we're we're thankful for adoption. And I'm thankful for you to share your story today with us on HopeNet Radio. And we just we really thank you guys for tuning in for HopeNet Radio tonight. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. We want to hear your stories if you've been touched by adoption again. This coming Saturday is National Adoption Awareness Day. And so you can get details online on our website, hopenet360.com. As for all of us here in the studio, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Steve, for being a part of HopeNet Radio tonight. And we'll see you guys online and next week. Bye, guys.